Do you know what it's like to be on the bill and to play for 15 minutes and the only people there to see you are the other bands and their girlfriends? From Buffalo, New York, it's the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast. Welcome to the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast, where I might not kick over a stool and a monitor, but it's happened. I'm your host, Ryan Garnett. And I'm Cassidy Duan. You're telling me there's a chance you're going to knock something over because I'm very close. There's always a chance that I'm going to knock something Shoot. over. Uh, for episode number 91 of the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast, we are coming straight from my living room. It hey. is your living room. Did you tidy? No, I didn't. No, I'm not sorry. Really. No. Okay. I slept in instead. You look great. Thanks. Beauty rest. Mm-hmm. So uh, on this episode, we're going to be joined by Velvet Bethany, including guitarist, vocalist, Allison Mitchell, bassist, Andrew Biggie, lead guitarist, Tom Bornholt, and drummer, Mike D'Astasio. Hey, guys. Thanks for joining us. Hi. Hi. They're here, us. all cozy on the couch. Yeah. We'll be discussing their new single, Teamwork, their 2021 album, Bliss City, and fun stories from busking the streets of Allentown, Buffalo, and, of course, the new projects in the works. We're also going to be playing music from their aforementioned Velvet Bethany album, plus playing music from Passed Out and Parade Cheek. Cassidy, that sounds wonderful. It's a lot of fun. But first. But first. Uh, great sound effects. Great sound effects. Brandon forgot the sound machine. No. I still love Brandon, but he forgot the sound He brought everything. I'm sorry. There we go. That's all we <laughs> needed. Um, I saw Christina Stock last night at Milky's as a part of the residency she's been doing. And uh, her great new band played. Uh, Spud played as well. And I got to see Max Davis do a solo improv looping guitar set. And it's really cool. Like, he has a lot of different projects, but it's really rare that he does these solo projects. And... Uh, I described it as ambient space blues. Mm. Ambient space blues. Ambient space blues. As a looping guitar pedaled kind of. Yeah, production. and it was like at times it was dancey. Like I wanted to get up and dance sometimes with the stuff he was doing. He had a little drum machine with him too, and other times it was just like these ambient, like moody, atmospheric, kind of dreamy. Do we have footage from it? Do we have any clips that I can find of anyone Ooh, recording this happening? I saw uh, Sally recorded it. Okay, Miss Sally Schaefer. Well. Friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. The other podcast. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, uh, hopefully he does it again. I'd love to get him in the Revolution Gallery doing that. I'd never seen Max play. I've yet to see. Tortoise Forest is one of those bands that I just haven't had a chance to see. Well, they've got that kind of trippy hippie following. Everybody wants to go dance when that's about, right? I I would like to see them very much. I haven't seen them and I need to see Grosh. For sure. Well, I don't know how I've been covering the music scene for so long and I still haven't seen Grosh. Right? Yeah. You're self-incriminating. Self-incriminating. Yeah, I'm okay with it. No, for the sake of it, I love that Stock has the residency, both there and uh, good down bar. the street at Good Bar. Right? So what days of the week are there? Um, I don't know about the Good Bar residency. At Milky's, she will be, uh, it's the last Saturday of every month from now through June. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. The ability to then put together those kinds of performances and, you know, to be there in that spot, too. I've said it before, but Milky's is very intimate, you know? Yeah. Like, you're there and... Uh, it's special. He catch special moments. Yeah, it's been really nice. So um, we're going to bring back a uh, recurring uh, segment. It's now recurring. I didn't think it was going to be recurring, but um, 
There's a lot of assholes out there. You love bitching about things. Let's get straight. All right. Well, we're bringing back asshole of the week. Asshole of the week. Asshole of the week. So um, I'm not naming any particular person or persons in these assholednesses. Yeah, I'm taking that as a word. Offenses, um, yeah. This is this is meant to educate on ways that you should not should not uh, conduct yourself within a music scene. It's about etiquette, you know. I mean, it's a little bit about calling people out, but not that much. A little bit. You're not going to do it directly. So, if you guys want to help me figure out here who the biggest asshole is, this all okay. happened on uh, the one show. Um, one performer showed up, walked in, looked around, and said, "The crowd is too small," and left. <laughs> Oh, he didn't draw anyone to the show. He brought two people with him that he expected them not to have to pay to get in. And then a local performer. Yes, this is a local performer. Mm -hmm. So that takes a lot of brass. That's that's a number two. uh, An artist reached out to me to cancel a show saying um, he had another show that he had prepared for and decided not to prepare for my show (laughs) with 24 hours notice. I will always say this. Honesty is great in the music scene. In that case, lie to me. Please lie to me. <laughs> like, like, like. Anything is better than I just didn't feel like doing the work, and I didn't, I didn't feel like telling enough. you until right now. Right. Exactly. But also, also, I felt better about doing the work for this performance than the one I promised you to. Yeah. Attend. Well, good luck uh, getting a gig after that, right? Oh yes, with all of these guys. Good luck getting a gig after that. And then number three was a guy who demanded for three weeks that he get a better spot he had no draw and he wanted to play he didn't like playing first i moved him to last where there'd be the most people at the bar and then uh his slot was 11:40. i got a message at 11:56 telling me that he couldn't make his set because the babysitter fell through two hours ago oh no <laughs> so who played this show gosh uh not as many people as you'd think <laughs> no so um Cassidy, I'll start with you. What do you <sighs> think? Is it is it the guy who left because the crowd was too small, the guy who admitted to being unprepared, or the guy who no-showed after demanding a better spot? Gosh. I want to have sympathy for the parent musician. I really I do. I can get into that. But I also kind of feel like if you knew your babysitter was a bust, you should have planned better for you that. You shouldn't cancel during right? your set. But I want to say that maybe the other two, I like that these are all guys. You've said that these are all men that are... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know, here we are, and I'm thinking about the ego it would take for A and B to have that kind of a... You know, asshole. It's worth effect. noting that for the guy who left because the crowd was too small, he showed up five minutes into his set time as well. Right, right, right. Oh god, that kind of that that, that, that does kind of kind of make it a little worse Ugh. too. So, so what's your choice? Mm, I think it's gonna be B. It's gonna be B. All right, B couldn't even show. B was the biggest B in the asshole. Unprepared. Land. Just yeah. Do you guys have any opinions you want to share? Well, this is like not really picking one, but I think if if you're gonna if you can't get a babysitter, just bring your kid to the show. Oh my gosh! See, you don't see kids at shows often, maybe because they're annoying, or maybe because it's not. Maybe because it's safe. past their bedtime, though, right? <laughs> yeah, oh, but I mean, so that might be a little loud. It when I was a kid, I wanted to stay up late, so bring the kid. Yeah, give them some of those little like noise canceling headphones. <laughs> I bring my kids. I brought my kids out to the hostel yeah. for performances. I bring my that? kids out to infringement performances. Yeah, I've seen Absolutely. people do it. You know, I'm Milky's at 11 p.m. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> I'm going to say I've seen things there that a small child shouldn't see. Yeah. 
I think they're all assholes. <laughs> they are definitely all assholes. We're just trying to. I don't think you should play music. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you, I, I have a friend that I like write songs with, and she has kids, and I'm just like, she's not ready to play live music, but that doesn't mean that you can't play music to your capacity. Like, don't. You're responsible to other people, so like. Don't be irresponsible because you know that you're in a situation that could go either way. Like, you sure. could flake on. If, if there's a possibility of you flaking, that it's just not the right time to be forcing yourself to play music, I think. Yeah, no, I'd rather have someone who's like a 50-50 just say no instead of yeah. sure. risking having that person drop. Andrew, do you have one? Or? No? No. No? I, uh... I gotta say, I don't know. I I feel like the whole making plans and then canceling them is is like heroin because you know you cancel plans and you're like, oh great, I don't have to do anything. But like that last minute is like pretty dickish. But for being that all of these people are local artists, I'm mostly annoyed by a for walking in, not only walking in late. But then saying the crowd was too small, because like if you're a musician, no matter where you are, really no crowd is too small. Yeah. Even if you're playing to like the we've bands all played, that you're we've playing. Ever, with, I'm sure everyone you know, in this room has played for two people before. That's, oh, uh, yeah. It's part. It's part of the way it is. That's pretty egotistical to me. Um, what was uh, I had something to say about the third one? What was the third one again? The third one was uh, the guy who demanded to be late around the bill and then oh, yeah. canceled 15 minutes into his set. Yeah. You think he was set. trying to get a babysitter the whole time? This isn't the first time uh, uh, he's canceled on me like this. Oh, no. Okay. Wait, were all these, like, actual situations, or... This are, yeah, there's, there's nothing one. hypothetical. These, no, no, all three of these happened for the same show. Wow. Are you serious? Yes, this was all... Wow. Like, we did this segment on the last episode of the podcast, and I'm like, it's gonna take a while to find some new assholes. No! It took one night. They came night to me only. this time. They were looking for me. The moon must have been void, of course, when you booked this show. Oh, man, I'll tell you this, the show did not do well. Well, it's also that you could have given somebody else maybe the opportunity to perform yes. that would have been more there, eager. There, there aren't a lot of hip-hop shows happening in Buffalo right now, there, which means there aren't a lot of slots for hip-hop performers to get into in yeah. Buffalo. So if you're taking that spot, you need to utilize it. Otherwise, you're harming and yourself and you're harming the rest of the performers. It looks bad for the entire genre when the venue is then looking to plan another night of those acts because they're going to, you know... And I know firsthand from working with certain venues that that's the reason they don't have hip-hop shows. Sure. And it's a shame, but, you know, if you keep trying to help I don't do know. something and it keeps falling through, you can only do so much. Well, here you are. As right. with any I relationship, and especially music business relationships, you must have an enthusiastic hell yes from both parties. Hell yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Hell okay. yes. Affirmative so, consent. Um, <laughs> man, so I think we're just going to agree that they're all assholes in this case. I, I don't think we need to single a single one out. Gosh, what a fail for that, oh, that experiment. <laughs> no, that's that's fine by me. Have just, you have you had any positive experiences? Oh, I've had plenty of positive experiences. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk about those. Oh. <laughs> well, that's that's uneventful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, like I ran a show and nothing happened. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to take a quick break And we're going to play a song And then we're going to talk to Velvet Bethany about What song? What song? Uh, I'm so excited about this It's called PBR and Hockey Cards It is a nice. new song from Past Outs uh, Recent release called 
when we just had them on a podcast last week and I forgot the name of this EP like six times. No, it's my friend. Is that the long name one? No, no. it's a short name one. It's Oh. Just look for Passed Out Online and you'll That's find right. it. That's the right. The song is called PBR and Hockey Cards. It's awesome. It's also worth noting that uh, our spinoff podcast, our favorite albums, featured uh, Over and Out and Passed Out. Uh, and that Passed Out actually closes with this song and the performance. Sure do. So uh, that'll be online um, by the time this episode is live. So you can check that out on the YouTubes and the Spotify's and those other things. So we'll be right back with Velvet Bethany. But first here is PBR and Hockey Cards on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on Western New York Music. Dot com. Com. <laughs> there you My shit and took off down crooked tracks. Any name you like Down 
back here on the struggle is real buffalo music podcast that was pbr and hockey cards by passed out and now hey velvet bethany how's Hi. it going hello hey guys. what's Hi. up live from the couch live Ryan's from the couch yeah uh so uh before, i know cassidy has lots of probably more interesting questions than me oh as, my gosh. as usual um but uh I was, I was always curious where where did the name come from that's a complicated story <laughs> <laughs> it was a a name on a lifeguard jacket from Bethany, Connecticut, you know, I, huh. I think the it was referring to Bethany, Connecticut, and I was like, you should change your name to Bethany to somebody, and they were like, I don't want to, and I was like, I'm taking it. <laughs> I'll take it for something. Nice. And then there was this black cat that would come into my house, because my dad would leave the back door open all the time, and it was always sleeping in my bed when I came home from work, and I was like, oh, you have like a nice black velvet coat. <laughs> Like the whiskey that I was drinking. <laughs> and then that was a bit too complicated. Somebody was like, oh, that sounds like a, a stripper name. Black Velvet. Yeah, yeah. Black Velvet, Black Velvet and that Velvet. little cat smile. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that that's actually more of a band name story than most. Yes. Right? I mean, it's poetic. Sometimes okay. we get like, so what'd you do? And they're like, we just threw names at a wall and we decided these two sounded good together. Well, it does sound good together. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't. I also wrote a song in like 11th grade where I used the word black velvet referring to Lake Erie because I would go over the Skyway back and forth every night and at the lake just looked like so deep and ominous and black, like black velvet cake, if that were a thing. Yeah, so I get that. That word just was always been like in my head. That's interesting. Around in there. I've done I've done that drive over the skyway on the way home from work, and yeah, it does look like that. Right. So yeah, I mean, that kind of leads into songwriting and poetry. And you strike me as the type of person who's like always a notebook poet. Or is that you? I'm always taking notes. Yeah. So your songwriting comes from 
poetry experiences yeah like i'm i'm always inspired by the like the nature of my environment and my relationships with people so um i'm inspired by people who take that and then turn it poetic art form you know that's awesome don't forget about the dreams oh yeah so they also these experiences i translate them through dreams and i'm just like what the fuck there was a a bug and a centipede and a cat and the floor was black and white and i'd have to translate that into a song somehow and there's always a dream journal uh, i write them down sometimes but i can remember a lot of them they're always very like vivid and colorful so like usually somebody will i'll have like an experience with somebody i'll be like oh i had a dream and you just brought that dream like back i think it's cool that some people remember their dreams that vividly and some people just don't you know um i think there's almost like a childlike quality to be able to keep and capture that and use it as an adult um can we talk about when you started writing songs? Did you always find yourself a songwriter? No, somebody um, was a guitar player that I was I met on MySpace, and they lived in Allegheny. And then he was my boyfriend, and he was the person that started busking with me in Allentown. How young were you? Sixteen. Right. And um. But at 16, you kind of looked like you were 12 a little bit. Yeah, I still look like I'm 12, right? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but as a grown woman, having had, you know, half of your life in... in uh, did, did you start playing guitar because of that person? Yeah, he taught me how to play, like, In the Pines was the first song, but he taught me, like, blues and country songs, so I didn't know that, you know, Nirvana probably popularized that song at the time. I just played, like... You know, Lead Belly or Hank Williams or what's his name? Lightning. Lightning Hopkins. Lightning Hopkins. And like listen to those records and would teach myself guitar just looking at those tabs after like I met this person. And he lived so far away, so I only saw him like every once in a while and we would just play guitar together. Or my dad would drive me to Allegheny to hang out and play guitar. Well, it's some concrete guitar playing roots, mm-hmm. especially yeah, through absolutely. that kind of influence. Um, let's talk about influence, because to me, you're like my hometown bikini kill. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Wow. Absolutely. Um, I get this energy from your music that's both abrasive and melodic, mm-hmm. and both, um, you know, exploring deep feeling, but also whimsical, you know? Um, do you have, like, I, I could go through and hear different song forms in your songs. Do you have favorite songs of your songwriting? I feel like you have an arsenal of songs. Do I have a favorite song that I've written? Yeah. Or a favorite stanza of a song. Um. I want to talk about things like places where dogs don't die. (laughs) <laughs> i mean my, i like that part yeah <laughs> that's kind of surfy right when you get into that that chorus uh, my favorite that one my, my favorite song is pancakes oh well, that one just, that's because it's too. about him it's yeah it's just so fun to play on drums <laughs> can we really? say that it's sweet <laughs> yeah. it's pancakes sweet is such a sweet mm-hmm. song it is i it's i do so write catchy. songs about 
I write cute songs about my boyfriend, but then like every song isn't like just about one thing. I'm compiling a bunch of dream notes that I've taken, little metaphors, and then putting them all together and be like, oh, it's a picture. This is like a life period, a lifetime in this song, like a whole timeline of things. Yeah, it's not like a story about one thing. It's like mm-hmm. a snippet of your life in the last few months as we're writing the song. So and the the song itself becomes kind of like a a journal entry for a certain time period. Yeah. So salt is about a dream where I w- I feel like I was like over Seattle or somewhere in the Northwest, and the I'll be like in the sky, like looking down at at a cityscape. And, like, scaffolding, like, appears in front of me. So it's, like, a platform. And sometimes I'll be, like, in a plane. I always dream, like, I'm in a plane looking down at this place over, like, the water. And I realize, you know, that dream could be about building your own life. Like, you... I'm like, oh, I have the power now. Like, I don't... I don't have any money. But I can use my dreams to one by one like step by step put down the pieces i i have so much power which is terrifying to most people they don't realize that they want the power but then when they get there they don't know what to do it's like oh i have to design this platform this boardwalk whatever this bridge but that you can take that and jump from your dream and actually build let's talk about workshopping songs then as a group uh, you've already talked about how you and Mike co-songwrite in that capacity. How do you bring this project to the uh, rest of your bandmates and flesh it out? Well, with um, with Bliss City, um, it was before we started working with Andrew and Tom. Um, so that was just Allison and I at that point. But now that we're all together... Um, Allison will have like a, a song, like a skeleton of a song written, guitar, vocals, and she's like, all right, these are like the two parts or the three parts, and then we'll just like jam on, on these parts, and we'll just play them, and then maybe someone will have an idea and be like, let's do this, or Allison will be like, no, we're playing that too fast, or we need to have a break where it's just me and, and, and play like a quiet bridge. So there's a lot of collaboration at this point between the four of us in our practice space. Um, which is Where really do you fun. practice? We're on Kenmore at the Buffalo Band Space. There you go. Yeah. Ooh, t- tell me about the Buffalo Band Space. I'm not familiar. It's, it's the best practice building I've ever been in. I've played in quite a few of them. It's just every room is like really well insulated. There's probably like 20 rooms. Wow. Um, but like we were there last week on whatever the holiday was last Monday, and there was a lot President's of bands. Day, I think. Family Day in Canada. President's Day. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot (laughs) of people there. And it was still like, it was fine to practice. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We need more good, inexpensive practice rooms in Buffalo. Anytime anytime someone mentions one, I'm like, you have a good one? Right. Did the toilets work? I was going to say that doesn't smell like pee. We are in the same ballpark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think somebody cleans it every time I go there. And it looks like it's been the toilets been cleaned. bathrooms for practice space. So we were talking about the band forming in in this sense in 2017. Is that right? Ish. Uh, we have not been together like 
us for since 2017. Velvet Bethany as a project has been together in that? Velvet Bethany has been a thing since 2013. Well, there you go. 2014, I think. That I was forget just how me though. <laughs> I forget Brandon. Thank you. This is great. Me yeah. like yelling my songs sharply, out of tune, <laughs> on like a corner somewhere. No, it all comes from building like blocks Sparrow's and bravery. Garage. Absolutely. Um, but your first album as this group was what year? We, the four of us, don't have an album together. We have not recorded yet. This is what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. You have a discography. Mm -hmm. In your other incarnations, how did you start and build as Velvet Bethany? Um, I wrote one album by myself with Damien Weber, and that took us seven months to record. It's kind of weird. There's no percussion, so it's very strange. That's called Where the Blackness Doesn't Sleep? No. I am not peace and love, but you are welcome here. It might be on Bandcamp. I might have hidden it. <laughs> and it's, then it's on Bandcamp. It exists. Yeah. And then um, with his brother, his brother played drums. So we recorded an album called "Where the Blackness Doesn't Sleep" with Joe Lysing in like 2016 or 2015. Um, probably 2016. And his brother played bass and drums, and I played guitar. And he wrote a couple songs. And then after that, no, December 2017, Mike joined. And then um, I met some people at Sugar City, and they wanted to join. <laughs> Sugar City was a cool place. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we played together Nervous. for, like, almost... Drummers aren't used to microphones. Two years? Two years, I think. And we wrote Rock and Roll Vacation and the majority of Bliss City together. And I also called on a couple different people to play on, like, Sweet Sour Citrus and She's So Mean, because I kept recording songs um, throughout the entire year of 2020. Like, I started in 2019 with my previous band members, and the other half of the album I recorded with um, Doug White up until, like, the end of summer 2020. Friend of the podcast, Doug White. Yeah. Well, also, when you work with Doug White then and have these different projects as you're coming back to him and record a new project, you're growing with him. He obviously has a feel for mm -hmm. your evolution as an artist. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your experience at Watchmen Studios? Well, I always thought, like, the way people talk about him is that he has a formula. And, you know, that's how he gets it done so quick all, you know, all in one day. But I, as I, you know, write different genres of songs, bring in different people, and, you know, always writing different types of songs, I think, I don't know if he's used to working with that, but he's just so adaptable. Because I'm always hesitant. I'm just like, oh, is this, like, the right place to bring this? But I think, like, he is adaptable, and he's, he's worked with so many like different musicians. And he's able yeah. to tell, you know, tell me in a productive way constructive criticisms like yeah. when i'm singing yeah, or that's something so important. and it's not like you know it's not like you were flat but he can say that and you know i'd be like yeah i was right it's it's just like oh just just do that again you know just a little bit a little bit more air or something 
Yeah, I think the great part about working with, I th- he told us he had done, I think, 4,300 local releases. When you do that many releases, I feel like you can cover just about anything. That's insanity still. The more, you know, the more I work with him, I, the more comfortable I realize I can bring any song to him. And he will be able to work with And it. he talks about how he has artists that come back because it's their go-to and they have that relationship with him. But it's also cool to know that he's been doing it, like, 30 years. You know, he's been yeah. he's been in mm. that spot, tweaking it and making it everything he needs it to be. I think he knows I usually want to sound like a combination of CCR and Black Sabbath with my guitar tone. <laughs> right? I like that. No, and, and it's it. like the same way your favorite waitress knows how you take your coffee. You know, it really is. I like that. Um, I haven't talked to Tommy or Biggie enough. Hi, guys. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> um, so coming into the group, your musical projects beforehand, I, I have to talk to you as individuals. Let's talk to Biggie first. Um, you performed solo, yeah? What um, were your other bands? My other bands. Well, I started playing music with this guy, yeah. Tommy B. We've been friends since grammar school. Uh, he's, he dragged me along to a uh, CYO meeting, was that? In the oh, basement yeah. of St. <laughs> Paul's Church in <laughs> And he had a, we had his, he had, remember when Media Play was out and they had those oh, God, packs, yeah. the bass starter packs, the guitar starter packs, oh, yeah. the little amp, I think it's from Crate, so he had one of those, dragged it in, uh, turned the distortion way up and just like played some crazy, sloppy, insane music at the time inside uh inside the cafeteria and it was great and uh from that we moved on and we played um band uh an abandoned high school was at the yeah, id the id the id and that was crazy our first gig we played was at nietzsche's and uh tom i think tom and myself had to get uh, per, uh parent permission <laughs> slip. I, love that. Mm-hmm. I think we were what like 17, 18, 18, yeah, 18 at the time, and uh, we were opening up for this band called Merit Badge, was it? Was that, was that right? I don't remember who else was on the bill, (laughs) to be honest. And, uh, man, for some reason, oh yeah, I remember this one part where they billed us as the ID, like little dots in it. <laughs> and so the guy goes on stage and he goes, the ID? And he's like, what kind of name is that? <laughs> and uh, we're sitting in the balcony and my buddy, Morris Tucker, he was just, he was just, we were just looking at him like, man, this guy's like mocking us, making fun of us before he even heard us play. And my buddy Mo has, is a uh, uh, virtuosic guitar player since like he was a child, like 16. Um, and so we get up on stage and we play this like punk rock blues music and he's just like shredding like play- he loved like Ingve Malmsteen and people like that and so after we played these guys were like well I guess we should practice more. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it's the id, you idiots. We know who they are. <laughs> the id, the ego, and the super ego. So our whole gimmick was just uh, debauchery. We would listen to a lot of guar. A lot of, a lot of misfits. We, we need more bands like Guar. There's so much theatric. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, we have Green Jello, but they're, they're not performing. We need at least well, three more bands well that dress up boot. like giant puppets. Well, well worn boot. boot. Absolutely. Oh, yes, they opened up for Guar. I. I did not. Yeah. I did not know this about Well Worn Boot, yes. and I'm now extremely excited. Yes. <laughs> They've got a whole bunch of new merch, a whole bunch of cool stuff. Go oh my god, out, man! Yeah. I want to jump out of this chair right now, to jump be honest. Out. But they're probably <laughs> not playing on a Sunday at two fifteen. Uh, Are they a country band? They're like, um, 
I would consider that they're a rock band. They're they're a, a sleazy. They're the sleazy debaucherous rock band. Yes, they're, they're the sleazy debaucherous rock band I've been looking yes. for. Yes. Yeah, there's, there's a paper mache. Mm-hmm. There, there's lots of cool stuff. Oh shit! Right? Why didn't right. anyone tell me about this before? Uh, do you, as a band or as an individual artist, have touring experiences that are notably uh, entertaining? How widely open-ended a question can I ask you? So I have a quick, <laughs> a quick little story. We've all been on tour, um, probably. Like right after high school, um, and this is like the only touring I've done with a band that I played in because I've been on tour with other bands that I didn't play with, like doing merch or whatever. Um, but I had a, a ska band in high school that I played bass for, and we did this little weekend thing. Going oh, wait, what, what what band was it? Oh, it was called The Antics. Oh. Um, but we went down to Edinburgh, Pennsylvania, and it was for like homecoming weekend or something. And we were set up to play uh, a parade on like a float. And all that shit. So I was like, this is, this is great. <laughs> so we get down there and we find out the day of that the guy who apparently was was like driving or it was like his truck that they had the float on he got upset because no one asked his band to play <laughs> so he refused to to set up our band on his truck oh for the parade so it got canceled like as we were oh, there so we're we're just kind of like bumping around just trying to figure out what to do now you know it's home, homecoming weekend whatever so we're there's parties everywhere, you know, all the the frats and sororities and shit. So we were going door to door, basically just knocking on houses, being like, "Hey, you guys want a band to play, whatever?" And um, the I first feel like house, it's like Jehovah's Witnesses, <laughs> knocking on the door. <laughs> Excuse me, Mister. Good you, word of ska. Do you need yeah. some ska in your life? <laughs> you gotta get a um, yes to that. How many now? Amen. Unfortunately, the the first house we went to, they were just kind of like. No, I'm like really? No. And the second house we went to was the sorority. And they were like, "Well, hold on a second. And like they closed the door, kind of halfway. We could see like three or four of them talking, and they're just like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> so come on, like we set up in the living room, and it was probably the most fun I've had playing a house show. So there was it was so packed. Like there were people on the porch pressed up against the oh, wow. the the front window. There were people like on the the staircase there are so many people in the living room i had to stand on my amplifier so that i could even play because i just kept bumping into people and like our horn section was on the back of a couch you know did the horn section even have like microphones for this or yeah we didn't even need it Mm -hmm. it was just so much fun um i love house shows yeah but uh yeah and that was a better answer to that question than the uh anticipated response and i feel like again there's so many extra questions I could I could continue asking. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about music video production. I want to know more about the art that you use for your albums. I think we're we're running out of we're time. running out of time. Mm-hmm. So I do want to know though where we can next as listeners and Ryan and Cassidy find you playing a show. Where St. are we playing Patrick's next? Day. St. Yep. Patrick's yeah. Day. Nice. Where are you playing? Yeah, Elm Street Hardware. Hardware. Oh, sweet. That's a great spot. What time is your set then? Was later? Probably 
or 9.30. It's going to be after the parading That's and drinking right. the green beer. Nice. Be Everyone will be It's going to be on Thursday. Thursday so. The actual oh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So I was, I was a little Day. scared because I was like, I don't know if we should be on Allen after the parade, but the parade's <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah. Oh. It might be March 17th. Be drunk, but not that drunk. It's a Thirsty Thursday prelude to St. Patrick's Day. That sounds like a very good spot. The glam vamps. A very good time. Yeah. And With spud. the glam vamps. Oh, they'll yeah. be great. So spud and the glam vamps. There you go. Uh, I think I know what I'm doing for St. Patrick's Day, guys. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so uh, we're going to take a break and play a game with you guys. But first, we're going to play Teamwork. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say about the song or let us know about it before we play it? <laughs> it's rocking. <laughs> <laughs> Any story like... You want to you know what the song is about? I think yeah. you mentioned that in the beginning. It's about finally feeling um, about being a part of a team. Because I got a, a new job last year. Yeah. And... Uh, that opened me up to being like, oh, this is what it feels like. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be team, be team with everybody. I'm gonna be on everybody's team. Team player. And I, I just get really happy all the time because I'm like, wow, I feel so safe here, <laughs> so safe and happy. Nice. And Not all, everybody has that all the team places. experience about no, their job, so yeah. it's good to be able to celebrate and. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so we're going to play Teamwork, and then we will be right back with Velvet Bethany here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. I need that soundboard. Yeah, you do.
we are back here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast with Velvet Bethany, and we're going to play a game. We don't have any prizes today because we are in a uh, surprise location, but they can be granted later. So um, this game is called Velvet or Not Velvet. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going to name you something, and you have to tell me if uh, the answer has velvet in the name or a different fabric. So velvet or not velvet. Okay. So you guys can discuss amongst yourselves. So number one. A single off of Pearl Jam's 1994 record, Vitology. Velvet or not velvet? I think velvet. Yeah. You would know. I don't know. I should know. Oh, I'm going to say velvet. Let's go velvet. Yeah, yeah they're going, we're going velvet. velvet. That is incorrect. Oh, that is corduroy. Corduroy was the fabric. Oh, see, now see, they see. have a feel for okay. where you're going. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> okay. Apparently, Iceland's most successful singer-songwriter girl band. Velvet or not velvet? I don't know. I'm going to say no. No, they, he's going to... He's flip-flopping it. Or he... Have you predetermined the order... To do I, I know false, shit. False, I use a random number generator to put these things in order because no. my OCD makes me insane when it comes to this there stuff. There can't be any other velvets. Man, there's probably like thousands. I'm just going to say yes. All right. Does the team agree? I we don't agree. agree. I, I disagree. Agree. All right. Can, then can we win the prize if they, if they, you know what I mean? We're talking about a very complex scoring sheet right now. <laughs> I'm looking around for things in Ryan's living room. Allison's a singer, so I'll give you the final vote. All right. Yeah. What do you think? No. That is correct. It is Ooh. not velvet. It is nylon. Oh. Nylon what? They're just called They're nylon? They're just called nylon. I gotta look uh, that up. I, I think I know. I, I think I've heard of this. That. Nylon. Womp womp. Uh, they were named after a mass market paperback porno novel. Velvet or not velvet? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the Velvet Underground. Oh. There you go. There you go. Band featuring Slash, Duff McKagan, and Scott Weiland. Yes. Mm. No? I don't think yeah. so. No, for sure. Andrew, what do you I think? I have no idea. You I can't know. remember their name, but... You sure it's not like... But he's going to say it was a velvet so... name, nevertheless. <laughs> I, think it is a velvet. I think it is a velvet, guys. Is it a velvet? Whatever you want. Damn it, if I could think I of think the name. I think it's close to velvet, but not velvet. Oh. You think it's like a... Uh... Chiffon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna vote no. We got like, one no. I like chiffon. Chiffon, Brittany performing the I'm songs. S- of I'm Bell saying I'm sticking with I'm sticking with yes, but I can be vetoed out of that. Let's let's see. What is it? It is velvet. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. What was the name? Velvet revolver. Yes. So wrong. Wow. Oh, yeah. so you're two for two so far. Velvet we got six more. Dennis Hopper plays one of the creepiest villains ever. Velvet or not velvet? Oh, that's uh, that's true. That's true. That's he has a creepy villain. Blue velvet. Oh, oh. got it. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't even need a final ding, answer ding, ding. on that one. Baby wants, wants to fuck. For this, guys. <laughs> yeah. Blue velvet's a great movie, by the way. If you haven't seen it, I love David Has Lynch. that that what's that PBR line in there? The famous PBR line. Right? No? No? Right. No? No one remembers that one? No. Okay. No I couldn't either. get through the whole movie. It's a t- like all Lynch. It's a tough watch. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up. Fish features a song about wading in this type of sea. Velvet or not velvet? Ooh. Yeah, I threw a fish question at you. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen fish. I, I can't answer any of these questions. Fish. I don't know anything not about music. Me. I had a short fish phase. 
I'm and gonna I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna I'm gonna go on a limb and say no. I think it's the deep blue sea, <laughs> whatever it is. Mm. <laughs> so we're going to think of as Sargosa, but that's a different band. That's no? not fish. You're saying no. I'm saying no. That is velvet. Uh, that is waiting in the velvet sea. What the hell? Okay. Which is that. kind of like your your black velvet leg. That's right. That's what yeah. I thought too. I'm like shit. I don't know. Yeah. This one's ridiculous, and I love it. Actress from Party of Five and Mean Girls. Velvet or not velvet? I don't know. Lindsay mm-hmm. Lohan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say not. That is uh, that is not velvet. Hey. That is Lacey Chabert. Hey. Got <laughs> I got I, I stretched a little bit near the end. I'm okay with that. I have new movies and I don't new music. Yeah. I don't know. How you I don't it. know. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> I remember Party of Five though. That's good. Show. I don't yeah, uh, a hundred year old fairy tale about death and renewal. Velvet or not velvet? Hansel and Gretel. Death and renewal. Mm. This is velvet. Or is it not velvet? Or is it not velvet? I'm, well, I'm going to go out on a limb and I say yes. I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm going to say yes anyways. You're saying yes. I'm going to say yes. I'll go with, I'll go with I'll yes. I'll go with yes just because I have no idea. Yes. Uh, it's the Velveteen Rabbit. <laughs> wow. wow. All right, two more. If you, win, if you get one of them, yeah. you guys win. Okay. Sweet. Liz Fair sang a song about this kind of bride. Velvet or not velvet? I don't think a so. velvet bride? Or would it be hmm. like a... Uh, I feel like it was something else. Be, I'm going to say kind of no. Fabric? What if it's a leather It would be a satin bride. bride. Yeah, I think it was satin. Right? Yeah. Satin bride. The, I know it was something velvet. silky. Right? Would be so, a, so, so not velvet? Not, not velvet. Yeah. That is correct. It was polyester bride. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> and just because we have one left, we're going to do it. But you guys, you're already we're winners. We win. Hey. You're already winners. Again, there's no prize right now, but there will be. But I feel great now. You can leave knowing you've won today. Mm. Yeah. Yes, you get a firm pat on the back. <laughs> All right. A group that sounds American but are somehow from Sweden created an infectious pop song that no one wanted then, no one wanted now, and yet is still played at every sporting event I've ever been to. The name of the mm. pop song, Velvet or Not Velvet. This is, is it that Blur song that they play at the Sabres game? <laughs> do, do, it's on Blur's from England. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Song number, <laughs> song number two, I think that one is. Uh, oh, probably not. They're from England, though. I don't know, England. I'm saying no. Got nose? No. That is correct. It's Cotton Eye Joe. Oh. Cotton Eye Joe. The group Rednecks is from Sweden. That's from Sweden? Just so... That's awesome. Know that. That's... Wow. Amazing. In my head, that song today. goes, Be-ba-ba-dee-ba, Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> we, did anybody... No, did anybody have to dance to that in their gym class in high school? Oh, no. thank God, no. I don't remember that. I mean, when I hear Macarena, I just hear Macarena, 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 so Macarena, 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 Macarena. Well, thank you guys so much for playing. Thank, uh, you. thank you. There will be prizes. We'll just talk about them on the next episode, I guess. <laughs> we'll have to discuss yeah. what we did end up prizing them. Yes. Should they have four prizes? Yes. Yes. Okay, great. We or a group prize. Glad we agree. Yeah, group make prize. us fight Team amongst each prize. other. Maybe maybe <laughs> one sweater that they can all fit in. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> or a big snuggie. The cooperation yeah. Oh, yeah, sweater. Yeah, one person snuggie or two snuggies kind of <laughs> stapled together. <laughs> oh, this, uh, only if they're stapled together. It's the only way it works. So um, we're gonna be back with one last segment, but first we are going to play a new track from Parade Chic. All right, all right. I'm not. I've not seen Parade Chic live. I'm not super familiar with the operation. I don't know if it's one guy or a group of people. But 
uh, they had a song called Parties that was out a few years ago that I was a really big fan of, and they just put out this new album that I never remember to write the names of the albums down. Brian, you're so good at this. I want to throw this computer at... Don't. Oh, I want. Are they from Buffalo? Yes, they are a local band. Um, so, but you can find their new album on all the social media stream and streaming platforms. What is the song called? What is the this song is called? called Black Sheep? And you like it because it's I I, I like the bass line. It's got it, it's got a beat, and you can dance to it. You Love like it because no. you're the black sheep of the family and the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, like their style of music's kind of like indie rock dance. Okay. So I just kind of like the overall vibe, and it's got really good atmosphere, and uh, the vocals are unique. I'm here for oh, it. Excellent. So we'll be right back. Uh, but first, here's Black Sheep by Parade Sheik here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast on westernnewyorkmusic.com. Woo!
And that was Black Sheep by Parade Chic here on the Struggle is Real Buffalo Music Podcast. And that's all we have for episode 91. Thank you so much, Velvet 91. Bethany, for hanging out. For I had a lot of fun. Thank yes. you guys. Was fun. Yes, we wanted to have you guys on for a while, so I'm really happy we finally were able to, to do it. Thanks for having um, us. Uh, next episode is number 92. Yes. 92. 92. That's a lot of episodes. We're going to be joined by artist, musician, and live sound engineer Steve Myers. Um, we're going to talk about his exciting project, Sonic Wranglers, which right. is a alternative noise rock experiment project. And the fusion of art and I think I said experiment twice. Right? Yes. Right. Uh, that's what I was going to mention. He makes art. He makes paintings that have implement guitar pickups and strings, and he can play them with like screwdrivers and stuff it's thinking um, cool he's also the sound guy over at mr good bar so right. i think he's gonna have tons of really cool stuff to i talk first about. met him over at gateway gallery on elmwood avenue you know yes there's a lot to talk about yeah he's been a huge friend for buffalo and Fr- with buffalo infringement festival for years helping us out with the sound and performances he's awesome so uh i want to thank brandon for moving all of his shit into my he's living here. room <laughs> thanks brandon and again i want to thank velvet bethany thank you guys thank so much you. for coming well, thank you. Uh, i want to thank john galbo for his tireless work behind mm-hmm. the scenes thanks cassidy oh thank you Ryan. thank you folks for listening and uh just remember um things are really tough right now so just uh Be nice to everyone and keep on struggling. 